Well, you know, teachers have have they've got the degree, they've got the experience, they've got that understanding of pedagogy and the curriculum and 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 what their students can do and and need and know and where they need to go. And no one else can do that. And so, you know, advocacy, you know, if we're talking about advocacy, it's about teachers also backing themselves and 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 saying, yep, I totally believe in my skills and my value and what I provide rangatahi. You're listening to the Augmented Learning Podcast and Video Log. Stories from inspiring educators, leaders and influencers who are challenging the status quo. Today's episode is sponsored by My Study Series, an online learning platform supporting Kiwi teachers and students through NCEA. With the ability to track student progress and quiz results, data provided by My Study Series ensures teachers remain informed of how well their students are performing. Check it out now at mystudyseries.co.nz. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 58 of the Augmented Learning Podcast and Video Log, where you're able to grow, learn and develop by accessing high quality PLD when you need it most. I'm your host Carl Kondalov and I'm joined again by my co-host Celia Fleck. Um, Celia, it's a really, really cold day in Wellington. How are you finding this temperature? Uh, it's a freezing day in Wellington and I really thought about working from home today, but you know the opportunity to come in and see you face to face? Yeah, how Couldn't good is that? Like, that? We, we never, like, we're always doing this online, so it's nice to come in and catch up. I know, up. but I did uh, put my beanie and my gloves on when I left home today, and it was much needed when I got off the train to to walk to work. Yeah, what's that distance? It's about a kilometre from the station? Yeah, I think it takes me about six or seven minutes, mm. so, yeah. So today we, we are talking to Tanya Cotter, who's the CEO of PENS, and she's, she's new in that role. Uh, you've known her for a while, haven't you? I have known her for a while. Um, I'm trying to think where I first met her, whether it was at Penn's conferences in her capacity with Health Promotion Agency and and the the booth that she would always hold there. Um, But most of my um, getting to know her and work with her was um, through the Kura Crew, which is a group of people um, that come together in Wellington, um, eight different agencies that work into schools and she was really instrumental in, in, in keeping that group going and, and pulling those groups together and really adding value in that space. Mm-hmm. So she's obviously new in this role as CEO and you in the past have had quite a high role in, in PENS or Physical Education New Zealand as well where you were a president for a term. Did you make the Almost the term. Almost. And so you have a really good feel for that role and, and the engagement with with, uh, with the CEO. So in that time, what did you perceive the key components of that role to be? Um, I think that ability to be connected to the people and organisations that you need to be. So um, connected to key partners, so the Ministry of Education, um, Sport New Zealand... Um, other organisations, for example, um, NZHEA and EONS, 
Um, so being really well um, networked um, and also obviously the most important, connecting with the members. So re- having a really good understanding about who they are, what they need, what the challenges are for them and what you can therefore do to support them. Mm-hmm. And then I guess it's always looking for those opportunities in terms of how can we add value for our members, how can we um, do more to achieve our, our mission around that quality for physical education. And on that whole idea of connecting and providing value, Pens are running a you know an online conference shortly. What are your thoughts on that online delivery of, of content versus a live conference? Yeah, it's I, I, I've just done it myself for a healthy active learning workforce and I'm just going through the evaluation of it at the moment. Lots and lots of advantages in terms of people love the fact that they can dip in and out so they can choose the sessions that they're most interested in. They can either attend them live or not so they can you know, access them in their own time. They can go back to them and listen to them again um, and then unpack them in their teams or their departments. So lots of pros around that, um, around cost saving. You know, you mentioned that. It's, it's far more cost effective. But you just sometimes can't beat that face-to-face connection. And so it does it does miss that. And, and we all love the opportunity to get together face-to-face because a lot of really rich learning happens in those informal spaces but um yeah um certainly got lots going for it and i'm really excited about what's on offer this time around yeah so that that happens second week of the school holidays and i'll put in the in the show notes the link to you know purchase tickets if you're a if you're a school organization that wants to attend that um but we might as well jump straight in and and listen to tanya collar for with episode um, 58 Tanya, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for inviting me, Carl. How how have things been since um, we're out of lockdown, I guess-ish? <laughs> well, it has been the strangest time to start a new job. Mm-hmm. I, um, I started on the 7th of May, which was in level three. So, you know, finishing a job after seven years and starting a new one with with no contact with people has been quite an interesting time, but um, it's been good. I was just just saying before we went on air, it's it's been 15 weeks where I've been sitting at this dining room table um, in my house all by myself, so I'm craving some social <laughs> contact. I bet, I bet. So speaking of, of new jobs, um, you have taken up the role of CEO at PENS. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and experience prior to joining PENS in that role? Sure. Um, so before I started at PENS, I was working at a, a crown organisation called the Health Promotion Agency. And they're a, a government organisation aimed with... Um, Implementing, well, social media around behaviour change, providing advice and supporting communities to improve health and wellbeing for New Zealanders. And my role there was of education advisor, um, spanning early childhood right through to tertiary. Um, So I sort of had two hats there. One was supporting the Health Promotion Agency to ensure that its messages 
uh, interactions and resources for students, teachers, um, students whānau and communities were timely um, and relevant, um, but also as a support to the education sector. So a lot of my work involved around creating networks and, and relationships with national associations. I was very conscious that we were in an office in Wellington and um, it was not really our job to, to tell schools or, or teachers what to do, but to encourage. Um, and so rather than working with schools directly, I worked through associations. Um, that's actually how I got associated with um, Physical Education New Zealand, actually, as a sponsor. So um, prior to Health Promotion Agency, I worked in publishing. Um, when I finished teaching, um, I worked for a company called Learning Media. So they're the, they no longer exist now, but they were the, the organisation that put out the school journal and the ready to read series. Uh, and I managed a team of editors and designers to create the instructional series. So the school journal and things like that. So from teaching to resource development um, and then worked there for 13 years off and on uh, in a range of roles. So student materials, teacher materials, uh, and also got involved at one stage with when the um, standards first came out for NCEA, where we developed assessment resources for, gosh, it was about 270 subject areas. Mm. No, it can't be subject areas. Maybe 56 subject areas, but 270 resources across three levels. Mm. That was it. Mm. That was a huge job. So, um, yeah, background in teaching. I um, trained at Wellington Teachers College, came to Wellington um, after my seventh form year, um, and trained for three years here, um, and started teaching in two, 1984, so that was a couple of years Gee, before. Was. The... I was about I three know. years old. <laughs> yeah, it was um, pre-tomorrow's school's time. So I remember starting teaching and having in school inspectors. And um, and actually, one of the things that we, we had quite a lot of in those days was subject advisors who used to come in and, and support us in our teaching. Um, and I remember having subject advisors in physical education and art and social studies. You know, we were, we were incredibly lucky in those times. Mm. Um, I taught for 10 years in primary and intermediate. And at the end of 10 years, I resigned. Um, I thought that if I didn't try something else, I'd, I'd feel like I'd got locked into teaching for the rest of my life. Um, but uh, a short stint of working in offices and seeing... What, what other people did from nine to five quickly um, made me return to teaching. Mm. And I did another three years long-term relieving, um, sort of with long-term stints. So, yeah, teaching's always been in my blood, really. I, I can't go past a school without sort of going in and peering through the windows. <laughs> yeah. So when you, when you look at the, the big picture there... The, 
and and the different um, roles that you've had and the different areas you've worked in that are kind of um, a, a, a big skill set or, or lots of different areas that probably feed in really well to the role, the CEO CEO role in, in pens. Prior to coming on board, what was the biggest motivating factor for you um, heading into this opportunity? Why? So why the, the why did you go for it basically? <laughs> um just that continual need to keep learning and to keep challenging. Um, it was it was a stretch, um, but I think you know having stretch goals are really important. I um, had been doing a lot of work in leadership um, and and going to, doing a lot of reading and going to a lot of sessions with coaches. Um, because I, I felt like I, I wanted to take that next step. Um, it was just finding an opportunity that felt right and something that I really believed in um, and in teaching and teachers um, ticked all the boxes. Um, I also had a lot of number of people contact me when they saw the job come up and went, we think this is the job for you. Mm. Um, so that I've, I feel very appreciative um, of their support. Um, I've done a lot of project management, so you know this this role at, at Pens. Um, gosh, it, it, <laughs> I wear so many hats actually. Um, so a lot of what I'm doing is based on um, just program management, really ensuring that. Um, processes are carried on, making sure the company or the organisation runs, um, but also looking for opportunities for for teachers and for the for the organisation to grow. So it's it's got a lot of scope, um, and I think Carl, you know, this year that we've been through, we have seen so many things change. It's a really good time to be part of a. To be new in an organisation and and try changing things mm. and see where change gets us. Yeah. I know, really, just timely, yeah. really timely. I like I like having a stretch goal. And the the funny thing is, with stretch goals, um, often there's a process and the build up to achieving that goal, which is a stretch in itself. So, um, if you said that this this um, process was, you know, pens was a stretch goal for you. Um, it can be really confronting and 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 all of that, and then you you end up getting a job, and then it's a whole you know another area of of fear and um, you know new things to discover and learn, and um, I, I really like that about those stretch goals that um, you know, often yeah. it's only that first half of it, and then you you achieve that stretch goal, and then there's a whole other world that you're exposed to and you need to learn and, and understand. So um, oh, that, that's exactly. really cool. Yeah, no, the, the amount of reading I've done, um, well, you know, prior to, to starting, but actually in the last six weeks, um, you know, something will happen and I think, oh, I don't know about that. I'd better read about that. <laughs> so, um, no, it's, it's been great. And I think it's really important just for your, for your brain. Um, and and I really enjoy it. It's mm. that challenge of, of finding out what's new mm. and and. Yeah, it's you, good. You're settling down. Very busy. Yeah, I, I bet, and you've you've probably 
you're probably starting to get a little bit more comfortable in the role now and, and getting a really good feel for things in the community and where it sits. So far, what do you think are the biggest challenges facing our phys ed community? And, and how do you think PENS can go about supporting our members and the community through some of those challenges? Mm. Goodness. So um, education is just continuously changing and and it needs to because our, our, our students change and our teachers change and it's really important that as a profession we, we can, we, we're changing as well. So I think teachers, there's... I mean, they're continually learning as well and having to change and, and, and keep up to date. So I think, you know, that's a huge challenge yeah. is, is finding the time and the energy and knowing where to go to, to find information. And I think that's, um, that's one of the roles of a subject association and that's one of the benefits that PENS can offer its members is, is being that place where... Um, we can support them with information or, or where to find information or who to go to for support. Mm. Um, I think a lot of membership associations, particularly this year, have really struggled um, as, as people have lost jobs. Um, you know, the, the value of their membership may not seem as strong. And I think... It's important for pens to to show to members the value of of what we can provide them, um, and that's up to us to promote. Um, you know, we rely on our members so much for their support and and loyalty and 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 generosity and giving, but it's really important that that we provide value back to them. Mm. I think changes that I mean that's a really that's a really big one. And you just look at the change that we've gone as educators we've gone through this year. I mean we we it's got thrown you know the world has been upended, and even something as small as teaching physical education like we were sitting there during lockdown and the changing of of, of levels and alert levels, and some some of us had no idea how we could approach physical education and how we could do this and how we could do that. And and you're right, we needed somewhere to turn. And and thankfully, PENS did have some resources and were able to release some comms that I think really helped um, the community in terms of the direction that we were heading and what we could do to support our learners and our students and also support one another. So is that the sort of thing you mean when you talk about? Oh, totally. Yeah, I was so impressed with what, because it was pre-me coming on, but, you know, watching what PENS was providing for its members, it was um, it was so reactive. Um, you know, we'd go from level four to level three and level three to level two, and and suddenly there were resources about what does level two mean and and how can you, you know, what do you need to consider when you go back into your classroom or, or things. There was there were the, the guides, um, but also just that on, you know, just suddenly the online community seemed to, to come alive, um, the videos. Um, and of course, there was just, gosh, everywhere, there was just so many online opportunities where, um, I'm going to call them opportunists, really, suddenly could put on a put on a camera and sit in front of a computer and say, this is, you know, you could do this in your PE 
session. But, you know, so many of those things, the, the quality wasn't there. And, and, and more importantly, you know, the learning aspect to all those things wasn't there. And, and I loved Penza's campaign, you know, putting the E, the education, back into physical education. Mm. Because it really showed the value of what PE teachers do. It's not about just activity. It's not just about being physical. This is a whole learning area of the curriculum. And, and what they do is really important. It's often, you know, that's one of the frustrations of being a physical education teacher is that this assumption that all we do is the physical one. What we do is, is so much more than that. So it was, it was nice to see that campaign come through and it was nice to see yeah. the educators um, contribute in so many different ways. Uh, and, and it was really well received that all over the world people were that, that Ian and PE, that hashtag kind of got picked up all over the world. So that was, um, that was really, really pleasing to see. That's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. And advocacy is, is a big part of what PENS does too. Can you describe what this looks like? Well, advocacy is really just about, it's about creating change. It's, it's taking that action. And I think, you know, we're all responsible for advocacy. Um, and and the ENPE and the videos and the sharing was was an example of, of teachers um sharing and being advocates for for their profession as as an organization i think pens can you know has has a real role to support teachers um to have a voice and it's a you know a collective voice whether it's directly to um somebody about change or whether it's providing them with the the words or the activities or the information for individuals to advocate for themselves. Um, I think, you know, another great example of advocacy during um, the lockdown period was of the, the learning in TV on TV session where a gym's group fitness classes were scheduled on as the, you know, as the health and PE part of the curriculum. And yet, you know, there was there was no learning involved in that, and it was was wonderful to see members um, advocating for the profession, and you know, writing to the minister and the ministry, and and get and being successful about getting that change. So getting that taken down, so that it wasn't being seen, you know, wasn't under the health and PE curriculum area. Yeah, that was that was really interesting. I. I... I caught a little bit of that. I didn't see too much, but that the same the same thing happened in the UK too, where um, you know a, a fitness expert, um, you know, because they have a large following and they engage with the audience really well, and and what they do is is really good and and positive, and that's all, you know, great. But it's not physical education. I think um, you know it was very easy to get lost in that. Um, that message that was being sent there. So, uh, you know, for our, for phys physical educators to stand up and say, "Hey, this isn't this doesn't represent us, and it's not you know you can't be calling this physical education." I thought was you know made me proud as a physical educator to see other teachers stand up and say that. Well, you know, teachers have have 
they've got the degree, they've got the experience, they've got that understanding of pedagogy and the curriculum and, and, and what their students can do and and need to, and know and where they need to go and no one else can do that and so you know advocacy you know if we're talking about advocacy it's about teachers also backing themselves and 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 saying yep i totally believe in my skills and my value and what i provide rangatahi um you know and so when that external provider knocks on the door or rings up and says i want to come in and do this as, as teachers sort of going what value is this adding and what what is this doing that i can't do and and how is you know doesn't off the shelf one-off activity or program really support my students to progress mm. um so i think we've you know we've all got a role in that i mean pens's vision statement you know it's 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 that's advocacy you know it's about quality physical education um it's understood valued and experienced and and our whole mission is to promote and support that quality educate um physical education so you know that's it's a big part of what we do it's why we exist it's the why mm, Carl. it is it is <laughs> hey so uh last week we pens i say we because I, I do that is one of the hats i, I wear so pens launched their replacement for national conference which is an online offering this year because of where we find ourselves with COVID and and all of that can you tell us a little bit more about this and, and why you think it's really beneficial for the pe community uh so power up it's called it's about connections ideas actions it's about teachers connecting or educators connecting with other teachers and their ideas and then you know being enthused to put those ideas into action um it's it's timely so this would be the time that our normal conference our face-to-face -face conference would happen um and and because it was cancelled because of covid you know i think pens was very conscious that there was a gap we're also very conscious that teachers are tired. It's been a really big term for them, and I totally acknowledge that. Um, the last holidays, they were preparing for online learning, and then they went straight into online learning. It's been a long term where they've taught online and then gone back into the classrooms. And so while this term break provides them with a really good opportunity to relax and you know go somewhere and do something with their families we're also offering them the opportunity to take part in an online conference the difference with this conference which i think um, makes it really special is that we have acknowledged this time and so we're offering the experience we're offering it the chance for educators to experience this when and how they want so there's there's basically four ways that they can experience it they can watch the online live live as in real time presentations and they can participate with the with the chats or the questions through the webinar tools or not um, all registrants will get 
recordings, uh, the, the link to the recordings. So if they choose not to watch the live presentations, they can watch them anytime they like in, the in their own home. And then for PENS members, we're actually offering them the opportunity to engage with the presenter and the other participants after the session through the members only Facebook page. So there's a lot of different options there. Um, we surveyed our members a couple of, oh, about three weeks ago, just sort of asking them what sort of topics they would be interested in, in seeing and hearing about. And I, I feel really proud that we've, we've developed a program that pretty much meets those needs, um, plus a lot more. We've got content for primary school and intermediate um, and content for secondary school teachers. Um, there are sessions that um, talk about research and putting that into practice. There are sessions with teachers talking about their experiences and what they've learned. Um, and hopefully in every session, there is something that a participant can take away and go, ah, oh, I didn't think about that, or I'm gonna try that, or I'm gonna think about the way I do things or what I say or how I think. So um, it's an exciting time. It's It's been, um, gosh, it's been put together really quickly, mm. um, but I think it will definitely add value. And it's, it's, not, it's not the only professional development that PENS will be offering this year, but it is six or uh, three days. Um, there are, over those three days, there are 12 sessions presented by 16 presenters from all around New Zealand offering insight into their practice and their learnings. And, you know, we talk about advocacy. These are teachers sharing and, and, and being so generous um, with their time and their knowledge. Um, we're really lucky. I, I'm I'm really excited about it, and one of the one of the key things for me as a head of, as a head of department um, really is the price point of of the conference. And I think if you if you go to uh, say our traditional conference at Pens, which you know can be up around five six hundred dollar dollar mark, when that sort of money is invested in some some PLD, you're forced to really dive in head first and try to consume as much as you can across those three days in, in that conference and it can be really hard to digest everything that that you've that you go to but you still feel that need to just keep jumping in because you want to get your your money's worth i think the price point that this um this con this online conference is allows you to maybe not feel like you have to see everything but pick and choose some of the the presenters and the themes that really align with what you're trying to do in the classroom and as an HOD the, the perfect thing for me is um, you know we're going to grab a, a department um, ticket and before uh, the holidays we're going to meet as a department and say hey so where, where, where are we sitting at the moment what fancies us what what are what are the needs of our learners and we're each going to take a session that we're going to watch and take some notes and and in term three we're going to come back and feed back to the department and and what that allows us to do is is really um 
get more bang for buck in terms of us going in and focusing on the things that we like and that we enjoy, but also have that second opportunity for our department members who know us and who know our learners to say, hey, I went to Aaron Mead's session and he talked about this and got us thinking about this for scholarship and, and here's some next steps. And then I might go, hey, I'm going to pick up that replay and, and have a watch of that. So I think that is is really exciting and that's made possible through that price point of, you know, I think yeah. we're looking at $59 for an individual member or, and it, you know, for a department of four plus, you know, $229 or something. So really yeah. um, the, the barriers there are, are, are very small. Um, and I think, I, I really hope we get a strong uptake from the community because of that. Totally. I mean, $59, that's, you know, $20 a day for, or five, you know, less than $5 a mm. session. It's, it's great. I, I also um, want to point out that we've got, um, you know, membership prices as well as the non-membership prices because we're aware that not all phys ed teachers or educators are members of PENS. Obviously, we'd we'd love you to love them to join um, and experience all the other benefits that PENS offers. But you know, we we also are aware that. Um, this is an opportunity in a way for non-members to dip in and see what pens can offer. Um, actually, just time, it's timely, actually, we're talking about conference because this week is National Volunteers Week. And if we think about all our presenters, you know, that's a, an incredibly generous gift of um, volunteering that they've um, afforded us. It is, but I think that's really important. As you know, speaking from somebody who's done a lot of conferences and presented, I think it's probably the the best way to reinforce your knowledge on on a topic that you have some expertise in to stand up in front of your peers and, and present. So, um, you know, really, really um, grateful for those educators. But I think they're doing the right thing by getting up and and sharing what they're passionate about because it's just going to reinforce all of that and give them more confidence with, with what they're doing, um, yeah. which is cool. Who, who are you most excited about seeing across the three days? What what session is exciting? Oh, you know? gosh. Um, well, there's been a lot, and, and um, some highlights. I have seen Dr. Michelle Johansson um, present a couple of times now, and and she's a poet, so she's... She's a storyteller and oh my gosh, she's just so amazing to listen to. And every time I hear her, I I reflect on my language and my assumptions. Um, so I can't wait to, to hear her again. Um, I'm really excited. So PENS is, is um, in this conference, the Power Up Conference, we are launching the Ministry of Education's um, primary curriculum resources in physical education. These were developed to support the Healthy Active Learning Initiative, um, and that's a first-time launch. So it's a kind of a step through of the resources um, with the writers, and so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, we've got two international presenters. Um, Dale Sidebottom, I've heard his name, I've, I've watched a couple of his things and he will just be, I think he'll be just add energy and excitement, I'm looking forward to that, and, and Shane Pill from Flinders University, just seeing what different information. 
Um, one of the presenters that I approached, I'd been reading a um, a report on education counts um, about a school that had taken some sort of done some action learning based on John Hattie's visible learning. And um, and so I sort of picked up the phone and rang, well, I emailed um, one of the teachers involved and said, I've just read your report. I think, I think this would make a great presentation in our conference. Um, so this is a school that's, that's read the research and then implemented visible learning. So that real deliberate language and, and teaching in their department and then evaluated the effects of it. So fantastic PLD. Mm. Um, oh, I don't know, Carl. I think <laughs> I'll be, you know, watching them all and listening to them all. I've, I think we've got an incredible lineup. Mm. There's, there's definitely something there for everyone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Hey, before we um, before we get to the last question, is there anything I might have missed that you want to share or mention, or is there anything you want to ask me? Um, no, no. Good. <laughs> hey, so last <laughs> last question. You'll like this one. Um, I was fortunate enough to be on the panel interviewing you for the CEO role. And um, during this interview, you had this amazing visual storytelling approach, which I've never seen applied <laughs> in an interview setting. Um, and it kind of it kind of blew me away. I thought it was fantastic, amazing. And you're, you're, a, you're an amazing artist as well. So can you describe this technique to our <laughs> listeners? Because uh, I need to start using this in the classroom. <laughs> um so visual, it's, it is visual storytelling, but it, it's it's visual facilitation. And I went to a two-day workshop with an Australian presenter called Lynn Cazale, C-A-Z-A-L-Y, who, because I wanted to improve my meeting, my facilitation skills. And, and she does everything in drawings and really gets people involved. And so there was no one sitting there tapping on their computers or anything like that. Everyone was totally involved. So what it is, is using visuals, using um, quite simple drawings to capture the meaning so that you're talking to the participants rather than and using visuals that they're going to hook what you're saying with the image and it will stay in their minds more so um i need to practice it a lot more practice makes makes perfect for this and gives you confidence to be able to draw and speak and facilitate and listen all at the same time mm. so um when i was asked to do the presentation uh in the interview for the ceo um I I just didn't know what to you know I thought really hard about this and so I thought what well, I know that most people would probably use a powerpoint but that's not really me <laughs> and also I didn't know what the room was going to be like or the facilities or anything like that so I just chose to illustrate my points with illustrations mm. And as I spoke to them, I just put up the big sort of um, A0, A1 size paper to illustrate each point after I'd finished speaking to it. Um, 
I'm glad you liked that car. I, I did, and and it's it's a lot it's a lot like you know you you talked about presenting and and having some audience engagement. You know, we go to a session and you sit down and a, and a presenter loads up a PowerPoint and there's lots of text and lots of writing. It can be really challenging and distracting, and it's something that I've considered you know as a speaker as a presenter is to just try to remove as much text as possible was the end goal of being having just an mm. image on the screen a picture or you know a picture of trees that will that will reinforce the points that i'm making and i haven't got there yet because that's really hard because you need to be right on top of of the content that you're talking or presenting on so i'm not quite there yet but it's something that i'm working towards because i know that that, you, that takes you from um speaking to a powerpoint with your audience focused on the powerpoint to well now they're actually focused on the words that are coming out of your mouth because that's mm. all there really is to do and and i felt that was very similar listening to you during your your interview um it, it forced us to hear you and see you and see the ideas that you were presenting to us and then the follow-up with that visual uh kind of reinforced everything that you just said so um i thought it was a really unique approach to an interview um and, and you, oh, did, you. you did that really well yeah so that just reminds me that i need to practice that a bit more <laughs> <laughs> hey um tanya thanks for thanks for sitting down and, and having a yarn about um you know your new role at pens and and talking about some of those challenges and then describing the national conference i, I think it's over the last sort of four to five weeks i've, I've gotten to know you really well and, and what you represent and what you stand for and um, I, I think it's really exciting for um, what lies ahead for for Pens as an organisation with you at the helm, and I, I think you've done a really good job so far, and I'm just really excited and looking forward to, to seeing what you come up with over the next 12 months, I guess. Oh, thanks very much, Carl. Yeah, no, I'm I'm thrilled, really excited. I, I've got lots of ideas. Oh. Keeps me awake at night. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay, thanks, Tanya. Okay, thanks, Carl. <laughs>